Hey guys, how you doing? This is super. This is that's this is how old school usually begins in the middle of other people's conversations. Yeah. Uh, so old school. Jank Huger, Ben Mag was a Rod Perlman all of a sudden. Okay, yeah, how, how about that? This? How about What's up, that? everybody? Yeah, uh, he's bringing Hellboy with him. Uh, so I put the boy in Hellboy. <laughs> I think no, I brought wait. the boy back. I think and it's supposed know, to be the other way, Ron. There was a town in in, in, in Tennessee. I but I just wanted to point out that I, I put the uh, oi. In Hellboy, <laughs> <laughs> I had I had, I had a scene. You know, they have Video Village where the director has all the monitors and everything like this, and and all the producers have chairs with their names on it. It was like it's it's very up, very class, uh, nauseating. And I had to do the scene. I mean, I was like fifty nine years old for Hellboy One. I had to do the scene where I'm running after a monster. And I have to run past Video Village. And I'm like, I run so slowly that it actually looks like I'm going backwards. <laughs> it actually looks like they, somebody's reversed the film. Yeah. So I run past Video Village and I watch, I see everybody going <laughs> like this, right? And I'm, I'm supposed to be a superhero, right? And as I walk by, as I run by, I say, I thought you said bellboy. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, I didn't see that coming. That was good. <laughs> Man, we're all getting old. Uh, I uh, well, that makes sense. We're on old school, but uh, I played basketball for the first time in a couple of months uh, on Sunday because I'd sprained my ankle because I'm old. Uh, and as I was running for the first time, they're like, wow, dude, you look like an old man. Mm -hmm. And it, so that's, there's nothing you could do about it, no, you know? Nothing you can do, but you don't look like you're going backwards, though. Uh, I got that, though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's strictly a Ron Perlman thing. I'll give it to you as a trademark. <laughs> it's on my resume, yeah. special skills. <laughs> uh, that is amazing that you were 59 when you did the first Hellboy. I think I'm lying. Yeah, it's, you gotta be lying. That's, I think I was 50. You're not lying by much. I think I was 53 when I did the first one. Oh, okay. 57 when I did the second. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, so you guys know old school. We just talk about nonsense. Uh, so uh, we'll, and we're well on our way. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk a little bit about movies. We'll talk a little bit about the news of the day. I know you want to talk about Epstein. We were just uh, mentioning that off air. Uh, but uh, let me start uh, classic old school way. Uh, yesterday, not yesterday, last week, quietly, I decided to. Uh, uh, make pastrami week. Yeah, I had a, I had this amazing pastrami and egg sandwich, and then I was like, and then I just coincidentally had another pastrami sandwich, and I was like, well, should I do this right, we're back already. to back? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, wait. What if I did do it on purpose and made this pastrami week? And then I went and got a the next day I went and got a hot dog with pastrami on it, mm. which is you know, look, let's just be honest, that's a little genius. It's, mm -hmm. it's also a little redundant, but. Uh, you know. <laughs> But if you got a good thing, why not double down? If, you, if you're looking for a heart attack, the short way, baby. <laughs> That's the way to do it. So by the way, put some mayonnaise on there, then you're, you're just like. By the way, you'll I, never be able to 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 make a three pointer again. Wrong! I did put mayonnaise on it. I put oh, a geez. mayonnaise and mustard, and hence he needs an intervention. Well, it's, uh, we're, <laughs> we're a little we're, past. I that. mean, we've had 10, 55,000 conversations about food. Uh, well, yeah, but the, you know, my dad quit smoking the same way. He he didn't. He thought he, he got like he had a terrible sore throat, but he never got sick. Nineteen seventy seven. He thought he had throat cancer, right? I mean, he self diagnosed. He just thought this is, must yeah. be what it is, yeah. right? And uh, but and then he couldn't smoke. It hurt too much. And the next day it was still terrible. And he goes and he didn't couldn't smoke again. He went to the doctor. and The doctor's like, yeah, you strep throat. You'd be fine, right? And he was already feeling better by that evening, and then that he evening he's right so desperate for smoke. Up. Well, he thought he was desperate to go and smoke, and then he was like, "Well, I haven't smoked in two days, and uh -huh. that was it." And four, so four just packs let me, a day let me to just none. Go one more day. That's right, uh, exactly. That you did the same thing, but in reverse. I was like, "Let me just have another pastrami." I'll have another. Did you go all the and way through? Did you go through Friday? You know, I don't. I wasn't that vigilant about it, mm. but I, I had at least four pastrami laden meals. And, uh, and and you know what, at the, at the conclusion of it, I had had so many fattening, like salty stuff that my lips, like you know when you're in the ocean and you get the salt water and your lips get a little uh, cracked and dry in inside, that's what happened. Yeah, but and, you, and, and you know what I thought? No. This 
is living. That's right. You're, you're thought, you're, right. But you went out, that, and then you it's went. A lot you cheaper get, than Botox. You, you get out of the uh, you get out of the ocean. You get a hot dog with pastrami on it because you're an American hero. That's well. Yeah. Look, I don't want to say I'm a hero. Heroes don't talk about being heroes. So, Ron, one of my favorite things to do on the show is to come is, is both to uh, celebrate and complain about the free meals that we get when we come here. You know, as soon as Ron got here, he was mm -hmm. like. There's Chinese food waiting for us, right? You know, we were like, yeah, well, it's like, it's like, you know, it's a couple of Jews eating Chinese food. We we're both like, yeah, it's Christmas, right? <laughs> it's Christmas night. Hey, Christmas um, uh, and uh, so, um, so sort of there are rules that we have. I mean, they're not like mass, they're not like enforced with a, any, you know, bond henchman, but uh, it says when you make the order, it says, you know, don't exceed $20 and one cent. So that means I, I want to spend. $20 and one cent. So I'll just order literally anything to get it as close to that as I possibly can. Stuff I don't like. The man. I got two orders of fried wontons. I don't like fried wontons, but right. I, right? But, but I got to get, I mean, I, I, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't get over $19. Um, and so, but the reason I got the wontons was because this is a Chinese restaurant and there were no dumplings on the menu. And I, uh, my 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 proffer to you fellas is if you're a Chinese food restaurant and you don't offer dumplings, just forget about it. Go home, close up shop. There's yeah. no point. There's no point in being in business. It's almost like putting pastrami on a hot dog, <laughs> <laughs> or not putting pastrami on a hot dog. I would count it. Uh, so it's so funny you say that because as I was ordering earlier for the, for the Chinese food, I was like, all right, well the wontons are four bucks. First right. of all, I want to know what. Four dollar wontons are like there's ten of them. How do you make ten, ten of them? Ten, they're four dollars, 40, forty cents each. Right, yeah. and then uh, and then I ordered my meal, and uh, the Mongolian people. I'm like, Jesus, I'm only up to twelve dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like. And I literally mm -hmm. thought in my head, what would the banquets rule, <laughs> right. right? I was like, no, nah, I gotta push this. So I got egg drop soup on top, right? You can't. <laughs> got uh, all the way up to like 18 bucks. But how do you not have one? I mean, how do you not have dumplings and call yourself a Chinese food? What's the point? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, we're gonna have to take it up with them. <laughs> and I think that they're gonna be pretty sorry. <laughs> okay. They're sorry already. In fact, I'm a little sorry. I'm sorry that I ordered $45 worth of food. <laughs> And got an email saying, "Sir, would you like to rethink that?" And I go, what are you talking about? So you know that we're really financially healthy here, <laughs> both physically and financially healthy. And we're like, "Oh, you went to twenty-one dollars." No, no, Ron, that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway, all right. So I got a lot more of food. I was trying to get, but I want to get to Epstein in a second. But I was trying to get. Uh, Mark Thompson to agree with me that pumpkins have the biggest disparity between seed and fruit. Okay, and Mark's a vegan, so I thought he'd really go for it. Pumpkin is a fruit. Is and, well, I mean, is it is it fruit? Is a vegetable? It doesn't really matter. It's a pumpkin. Nobody I, eats it. Um, but my point is, the pumpkin it's seed an anomaly. Is, is it? Yeah, I feel like I don't even know what an anomaly is, but I yeah. Well, the distinction between I was the doing two. a crossword puzzle earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, how I used to pick up chicks in New York, by the way. Uh, do, 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 pretending got, to do New York Times? the New York Times crossword puzzle and just fill it in on, <laughs> on a bus. And people would kind of go, Wow, yeah. Mother smart. <laughs> <laughs> it, that is an acquired skill, because I like to think I'm smart, but apparently not. Because when I run into the New York Times crossword, I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. I don't know any of these. No, I can't. I can't do them. Yeah, I can't. My mom was great at it. She would do it. My dad would do it. I mean, like, wouldn't go years between doing it, and then he would do it in like forty-eight minutes. It didn't interest him enough. No, no. Like, yeah. I would. I don't know how many there are in there, but I'd get like I'd fill in four, and I'd be like, I think I got those four. I'm yeah. pretty sure they fit. Right? That's why I do the TV Guide crossword puzzle because. <laughs> that was easier. It makes me feel like a. Oh, genius. that is. You, I used to do a USA like a Today. You know, it would be like, you know, two words, talk show host Larry Key. You know, two letters, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got that one. Yeah. 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 TV Guide. You remember when you there used to be TV Guide? Yeah. My first, my very first, um, I never ever th thought, I thought that customized license plates were like, you know, the lamest mother thing you could do. Right? Uh -huh. And then it said, Beast to Linda Hamilton's beauty, and it was 36 down. Hmm. And I got a license plate that said 36 down. 
Oh, oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. good. No, I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go more obvious with like Hellboy or something. But yeah. no, this is a long, this long yeah. way, yeah, way yeah, before yeah. that. Yeah, right. That makes sense. That's so cool to be in the crossword puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna get that. <laughs> no, <laughs> so that's not gonna happen. Yeah, it'd be like two letters: talk show host Jenk Yug, and people would be like. I don't know, I can't get it. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, that's right, it's impossible. It's, can't get it. it's totally know. impossible. Yeah, his name was Henny. <laughs> Henny Yug. Henny Yugman. Bob Yug or something. Um, I remember when we were when I was a teenager. Nobody got that reference. Uh, well, Ben would have had a shot, but I, it's, it's an old school movie reference or? Henny, what? Henny Youngman. Henny Youngman, yeah. Oh, Henny yeah. Youngman. Yeah, okay. I think Jack knows Henny Youngman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. barely. Um, <laughs> he makes me watch uh, classic movies from time to time. It turns out they're actually not that bad. You're kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. What the f would anybody want to like, hang out with a black and white thing in their, in their house? Right? That's what I was telling him. Easy, easy. <laughs> ben knows. Ben knows what a freak I am for black and white movies. I'll stop in traffic if if I see a black and white movie. Huh? You called me just because you'd seen On the Waterfront and you needed to talk about On the Waterfront. Like that's the what those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I had. Yeah. I had. It was my hundred and forty fifth viewing. Right. But you had some interview. of this movie, and and I had an epiphany. I now know what it's about. Yeah. Did you and feel better? I don't remember what I said to you, but it was really <laughs> yeah, brilliant. It looks like it needs out, you need to watch I said, it. Probably. Ben, Ben, sit down. Are you sitting down? <laughs> I have a theory. I figured out on the waterfront. Yeah. So and that's funny because my wife just went to farewell. Have you seen farewell yet? Have either one of you seen no. it? So, uh, first, it's a movie about uh, middle class Chinese folks. Uh, the grandmother has cancer. I'm gonna spoil the beans here. So if you're gonna see Farewell, okay, fine, don't watch the rest. But don't worry about it, just watch, okay? Uh, so uh, the grandmother has cancer, so all the family that's in America then goes back to Taiwan or, or China or wherever. I didn't say my wife did. Anyway, so and 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 so it's a moving story about this family, etc. Now there's this, this story of the epiphany at the end, that's why I remind remembered of before. Though, when he's like, Chinese people aren't gonna like this movie. She's Chinese. And I said, why? She's like, it portrays Chinese as like poor and middle class. She's like, it's like realistic. You sound like Joe Biden now. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, it's like real, it's too realistic. Yeah, yeah, she's like, it's like real life. I'm like, babes, the that's what, good that's movies kind of do, right? Mm. And she's like, yeah, no, no, I know, I know. But Chinese people are gonna like it. <laughs> no one was wearing spandex. I don't even know why they made that thing. She's like, look, and then it was like a normal part of Taiwan or China or whatever. Like it wasn't even the good neighborhood. <laughs> I know. That's why she's like, it's it's the kind of movie that critics would like. I'm like, like you mean like a good one, <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> anyway, so at the end, uh, the, this is the what my daughter would say is spoiling the beans. Uh, she's six years old. Um, no excuse. So they come, <laughs> they come back, and uh, and the main character is back in the states, and there's like a scene of a smiling grandma, and then the main character goes like, "Oh my god!" And, and so I haven't seen the movie at all, but I love movies. You just saw the ending? No, no, she just told me the ending, oh, right? Okay. That's all that happens is you see a grandmother and somebody says, No, like at the end, she's just grandma stage four cancer. Oh, but they wouldn't tell the grandma, they say, right? Because yeah. in Chinese culture, you're not supposed to tell the grandmother, which I think maybe you gotta rethink that a little bit. She might wanna know it's her last days. I know some cultures, Turkish culture, they also are like, ah, you don't wanna tell them. I wanna know, are you nuts? If I got four days to live or four weeks to live, of course I wanna know. But, anyways. I that's I love movies so much that I I know what's gonna happen next, etc. So I'm like, so babes, uh, the, so the grandmother was faking the cancer, right, to get all her family to come in. She's like, <laughs> she's like, oh my god, that was the point. She's like, oh, that was good. <laughs> this changes everything. <laughs> so I had a. I'm gonna try that next Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hello, kids. Listen, you better come get the, the, the turkey because I got four days. <laughs> well, some cultures would do that. Some cultures would. So, anyway, uh, so you got on the 145th watching. 
Did you feel afterwards a little bad that it took you 145 <laughs> beers to get the epiphany? Not really. No. I'm so well medicated, Jenk. Uh, <laughs> I never feel bad about anything. So, um, do you remember the epiphany that I had? Though? I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I loved the conversation. It must Super have been really exciting for both of us. Must have been, must have been really good. Uh, I have epiphanies when I'm high. Were you high at all, Ron, when you had that epiphany or no? Because then I forget them, and that's I, the problem. I was in the gym working out with my trainer. Uh, and I got we're, always talking, we're always talking about old movies. He's an ex-actor and completely erudite guy. And we have- Oh, you, you, you talked about him. Like that was related to it. You yeah, talked I to said, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I yeah. told you that right. I was giving you the backdrop of it. And it had to do with, um, it had to do with, um, I don't go. I, I got nothing. Go okay. All right, let's watch it together. Let's watch it together one day. And then have you seen on the waterfront? No, not yet. No. No. Uh, but Ron and I have a great average on that movie. That's right. <laughs> together, you've seen it 72 and a half times. That's, right. <laughs> That's, right. That's, right. <laughs> That's how I'm going to frame it from now on. <laughs> Oh my God, Ron and I have that average really watching that. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I'm good at. The uh, um, uh, my daughter, who's also six now, knows that I can add numbers up really quickly, and so she'll be like five and six, eleven. She's like unbelievable. <laughs> twenty plus twenty, forty. Oh my God, Mom, this guy's unbelievable. Who gave him the questions? <laughs> this guy's unreal. Somebody gave him the questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's like quiz show all over again. Yeah. Uh, see, I watch movies. Um, okay, so I do that with my kids. I told this just in the post game a couple of days ago. Uh, when they were two and four, we went to Hawaii for the first time and we got an Airbnb and there's only one bedroom and they're like, where are we gonna stay? And I was like, ah, oh, goddammit guys, you know, I gotta try magic here because there's no space for you guys, so I gotta try. So first I go up on the cabinet uh, and the drawers and I go, and I bang on it a little bit and I go, shazam, shabam! And I open up the doors and there's nothing and they're like, Dad, I mean, what? This is this is awful. What are you doing, right? I'm like, oh, guys, see me one more chance, one more chance. And I go on the couch and I go, shazam, shabam, shazam, shabam. And then I take off the things and I pull out the bed that's obviously in the couch, right? And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. By the way, I just want to point out, Jenks son is 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say 30, 38. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have kids, so you could do pedestrian tricks on them and That's have right. them be amazed. Have them be dazzled. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, Epstein. What do you think? Guilty or not guilty? <laughs> dead yeah. or not dead? I think he's dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, my first tweet, and I happened to go on Twitter as the news was breaking, so it was like, yeah, he just died a minute ago. Yeah. And my tweet was Vlad. Oh, yeah. So you're in the Scarborough camp. Yeah, Joe oh, Scarborough. Is that what he said yeah, too? yeah, yeah. And then he took some. It was it was definitely that style of a thing. I mean, you know, and I've been wondering for a long time now when that that modality was gonna visit the United States, because mm -hmm. in every other respect we're there. We're mm -hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that nobody's tried actually murdering their political enemies in public yet, mm -hmm. um, while the world is watching, and then being completely stone-faced, unapologetic about it. And, and you know, I, I was wondering what took us so long. But that's that's my gut instinct. I haven't seen anything since then that would sway me otherwise. What do you think? Um, I think the way it's covered is interesting. You know, already we've moved into the um, part where we're just sort of, you know, why, the, what seems to me, what should be the fifteenth day story, the thirtieth day story about why weren't we bothered by the conditions at the MCC before, right? Like we still have these huge, giant, unanswered questions about how he died. There was a, what, a New York Daily News report that they were shrieking in the cell, right? Yeah, right. that was weird. Um, uh, maybe. I'm, By the way, maybe that might have been the time to go check the cell. Right, yeah, right, but I mean. <laughs> well, the but, guys who were supposed to check it out were in Cancun. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't. Or Moscow, either way. But, uh, you know, not, there is nothing that would make my jaw drop. There is no turn of events where I'd go, I can't believe it, to sort of. But as always with these stories, you know, Jenk, you've heard me talk about this thousands of times, that, that 
the, first of all, none of this answers how he died. Like, what did he do? If he killed, if there was nobody else, what did he do? What was the mm-hmm. method of suicide? Which is why I think it's weird that they were already so deep in the weeds on the the second and third and fourth and eighth and fifteenth story. But um, so uh, I, I, nothing would surprise me. But you know, uh, incompetence and exa- and and understaffing and just in, the full panoply of incompetence to me is mostly the answer to these mm-hmm. questions. Um, now, that said, the, the, that, that may have enabled the nefarious part to happen because it's a clearly incompetence caused, I guess, by massive understaffing yeah. and, over, and overwork. Uh, my theory is that there's a guy uh, that works at the jail, maybe the warden or something, that loves conspiracy theories. And he's like, how can I launch a thousand of them? Right, at once. <laughs> at right. once, yeah. right? Because if you wanted to set up a conspiracy theory, you would take a guy who has information on the most powerful people on earth that runs a child sex ring mm-hmm. that has perhaps tried suicide before. Then you would, on a Friday, remove his one cellmate. And then you would say, hey, you know what? Let me take him from half an hour watch to two to three hour watch that when we check in on him. And then I'll put my two most overworked workers on that watch, right? And and then see what happens. Right, yeah. Right? Because yeah. if he commits suicide, and it is of course entirely possible that it was incompetence, and they did commit suicide, but it is it would literally be historic incompetence. That's right. It, yeah. it, it makes history because the if it's not true, the conspiracy theories will never stop. Never. I mean, immediately go. I'm going to go back to my wife. My wife knew about it instantly, and she doesn't really she doesn't follow the news that much. She uh, she's originally from Taiwan, came over when she was uh, 23 years old, so she follows Chinese news more than she follows day to day here, right? And she's like, she comes to me on day one. She's like. You heard about the guy they murdered, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, we don't know that yet. But yeah, there was that mysterious thing. And she's like, I heard the tapes are missing. I'm like, no, no that's no, not that's actually it. true. Yeah. But in China, it is. Right. Like, because if you wanted to launch a conspiracy, you would do all of these things at once to make it the most questionable suicide in maybe literally American history. Like, um, it's a perfect recipe for that. So it, the, it's it, both things are entirely possible. The good but, news is yeah. for all of us, though, and legitimately, is that uh, William Barr is on it. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the bullet on he that one. He said that he's good. He's really. He seemed, I thought, pretty outraged. You know, and uh, <laughs> um, and he promised that the investigation into his crimes will continue too. Nobody don't rest easy. If you were a co-conspirator, we're we're coming. So. Yeah, that's Thank a relief. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. Thank, oh, yeah. It's that great line from uh, Joe Don ba- from uh, Chevy Chase in uh, in uh, Fletch when uh, Joe Don Baker is the police chief shows up and he knows they're you know either going to kill him or or beat the crap out of him and he goes, oh, thank God, the police. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so look, uh, they haven't actually declared it a suicide yet. So the right. And what was that shrieking? I mean, is that a you know who who where's that from? I mean, I get it. There's it's this is an incredibly difficult story to report because that it, you know it, you don't even have to close ranks. The ranks are literally closed. Like who are you calling? Who who's where is the access to information from reporters? Which is why we haven't gotten all this stuff. And there's going to be an autopsy, but you know. Um, uh, I don't know when this information comes, but I can already see sort of the the redirect to other stories. Amazingly, this is you know this prison, which so I heard a defense lawyer today who's represented a number of uh, big time criminals who've been at the MCC, and he says regularly his clients will have been at Rikers, and then they get transferred to the MCC for whatever reason, maybe prior to a court date. Um, or because Rikers got overcrowded and they moved him there. And though he said routinely, the, his clients ask that he move things around so that they can be sent back to Rikers. That, wow, that MCC's they, that bad. That it's that bad that they would rather be at Rikers. That said, when you talk about like the security's bad, like the, the World Trade Center bombers were there. El Chapo was there. It's not like they haven't had, no, Bernie Madoff was there. 
They, they've had some. None of they've them had some, committed suicide. They ha they've had yeah. some notorious prisoners there. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, so look, I can't get tired of these because these are jank-like predictions, and I and I'm kind of a little bit proud of them. But but more important than that is how telling and obvious it was. So one of our hosts, Hassan Piker, who's also my nephew, tweeted on not after the death, but before the death on on July 25th, so a couple of weeks before the death. He said, so we're all in agreement that we think someone's gonna kill Epstein before he gives up names, right? And the day after there's a huge headline about all the big names that Epstein might know, boom, he dies. Again, if you were building a perfect conspiracy or a thing to launch a thousand conspiracy theories, this is all what you would do. Mm. Then Hassan tweets, same day, July 25th. Any president that doesn't put Epstein under 24-7 surveillance in solitary confinement right now is also responsible for him getting assassinated. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. I'm just glad that uh, Haas was right and that finally that kid will have a little confidence now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this might make him feel like he knows something. Yeah. He's the most overconfident most guy you'll ever Most meet. overconfident person <laughs> in the history of the well, world. That's not gonna help, yeah. <laughs> those tweets are not gonna help. But no, the point being that how incompetent do you have to be? Like this is the one guy that the whole world knows you gotta keep alive, right? And if, if you believe the whole story, he tried to commit suicide three weeks ago. Right. What, imagine if he had succeeded and how much everyone would blame you and never believe you, and yet you do all of this. Yeah, and every, so many people had the psychologists, people had to sign off and taking him off suicide watch. It doesn't seem like a prisoner facing 66 year old man looking at life in prison. Um, and no bail, and, and and unable to use his Saudi passport under another name, <laughs> um, <laughs> or the or the fifty loose diamonds. <laughs> in well, what I would have loved is Dersh was trying to defend that in court. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, no. I mean, who doesn't have a Saudi passport under an, an assumed, assumed name right. with fifty got, loose diamonds? I got one on me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, if you're going to do something nefarious, but, and I, you, but I do have the diamonds. Oh, you do well. <laughs> um, I think it was seventy loose diamonds, fifty thousand dollars in cash, and. Uh, uh, and a Saudi passport in another name, and he has three jets. Yeah, that's yeah. It. That's, that he was originally it. had a passport from Norway, and they're like, no, nah, not nefarious enough. Right, right. Yeah. He's like, um, uh, how about uh, Myanmar? Saudi Arabia, there you go, okay. I don't, I don't know whether the lawyers actually argued this at the bail hearing, but I read, I heard somewhere, but you never know whether I read it, You know that, that they argued that that passport had never been used, and then the government was like, it's stamped. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, for, yeah, and second yeah, of all, yeah. that's not the goddamn point. Right, that's the really point not. is when you're doing the getaway is yeah. when you would use that. Right. So yeah. saying, oh, sorry, he had, had not had been it caught again for child molestation. It had expired. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> World's worst defense. Um, yeah. So uh, my last thought on it, I think, uh, is that there's got to be tape of the hallway. I get that there's no tape of the cell. I don't. That seems like it would be an invasion of privacy. Then I don't think even the prisons have are taping the cells. Although, Jesus. if you were going to tape the cell, the one cell you would tape is Jeffrey Epstein's, right? All of them, anybody who's an MCC. How do you remove yeah. a suicide watch on someone who you think tried to commit suicide? And as I said, and was looking at plus at the, life the in prison night before it happened. All this new, right. Right, the, the 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 release of the that's of, that's of the, the time you double from the, down from on the lawsuit, right. watch, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but if even if you don't have it of the cell, and I get them, they say that it doesn't exist. Uh, although it should have, in his case, at least. But anyway, the hallway. And so, that if you tell me the tapes are out in the hallway, that's it. Guilty. They definitely killed him. I'm not even having a conversation. If you show me the hallway and it's real and it can be double, quadruple confirmed, I don't know how you would do that. And no one enters the cell. Okay, right, all right, then we're having a conversation. If you show me the hallway and someone enters the cell, well, then we also have our answer. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and who knows, maybe they, you know, anyway, it's, it's let's say that Let's say there's tape. Mm -hmm. How can you guarantee me that the tape that actually was rolling at the time is the tape that's gonna be shared with the public? Yeah, that's the problem. That's like, I, can I plug a movie that I'm about to come out of? You can do anything you want on this show. So I just did a, a six episode miniseries for the BBC, which was really felt great that an American finally got to take an English guy's. About, about, about time, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. That's a, I don't, you know, I don't seem to sound angry, do I? But anyway, uh, <laughs> the thing is called the capture and basically 
it, the UK is the most surveilled place on the planet. Mm -hmm. They have these things called CCTV cameras, and they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the, the point of the show is that you can juxtapose images, make people look like they were someplace they weren't, right. make people not look like someplace they were, and in the name of protecting us from, from the evils that are out there. Which is all about like wh where where are the lines and and, and when it, when do they cross etc 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 and you know I mean come on you know even if there's cameras in the cell that's not going to be what we see yeah so uh, there's now deep fake porn I don't know if you guys have heard of this okay I've heard of it. I just had some in the car, <laughs> along with my Chinese food. He just said which, he by the way, not one dumpling. <laughs> not one. Who does that? Not a yeah, dumpling. Yeah. In addition uh, to shooting eight episodes of a BBC series, Ron is six. Yeah. Six. Excuse me. Yeah. Six. Uh, okay, so you two, we gotta let you guys go. Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member, get the whole school, or you can watch the uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, just type in "old school," Tyt old school, and anywhere you get a podcast. So. Um, so the deep fake is getting better and better apparently and they take the person's face and put it on to another body that seems to match and it's starting to kind of look like it's that person okay yeah. and so of course everything is invented on the internet first with porn sites so that's their first motivation to get guys to click on it etc but once you've got that technology then all bets are off. Nobody knows if anything is real, right? If they could take your face and put it on somebody else and make a video that looks actually noble, actually realistic, then nobody knows anything after that. Right? Yeah. I mean, look, look at what the right wing does anyway, right? They provoke, they agitate, they make up stories, they do the edited footage. That's the Project Veritas where they go in and they yeah, James O'Keefe. Yeah, James O'Keefe, the way they did it to Acorn. Oh, they get dressed up as a pimp and a prostitute, and they shoot it walking in, uh, and then they cut, and then they go to a video of them talking to the person, and it's yeah. all totally doctored, etc. And it worked. They shut down this amazing organization that was helping millions of poor people in this country. They got Shirley Sherrod fired. Yeah, from uh, with another edited doctored tape from Breitbart that jumped to Fox News. And that made Obama panic and fire that poor woman for no reason, etc. So, I mean, they're doing this in a really like primitive way with video technology that exists already, called a goddamn edit, right? right. Wait till they get deep fake. I don't know how how we're gonna know right. what's real and what's not. No, real. yeah, and they will do it a thousand times over. And it's already massively undermined. You know, I mean, the number of conversations I've had with smart. Uh, liberals, right? Where I say, and I feel this pretty strongly, and I get I'll irritate some people here, but the like Marianne Williamson had no no business on a debate stage of a party that tends to try to win the presidency. I change the rules. I don't care. You're in charge. Change them. Make them basically fair. But do your goddamn jobs. And she's a anti-vaxer, and she's trying to get out of it, and she's trying to you know. But the persuasiveness that people have for Big pharma uh, manipulating results to uh, of drug tests to get their drugs out, you know, uh, is persuasive to people, smart people. It's just they don't believe. We, we <clears throat> belief in government has been successfully undermined, mostly by the right, um, but now it's bled over and people don't believe it. And I, I don't really have a great comeback for it. I'm like. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. can't. I, I'm not like I'm going to fall on my sword saying no. The FDA is uncorruptible, right? Yeah. I don't know. I I'm watching these debates, and I'm a lifelong Democrat, and you know nobody nobody wants for them to prevail more than me. But if you say she's unqualified, everybody up there is unqualified because all they're doing is saying whatever the f they need to say to get you know wherever they need to get to. Right, but that's I, I I agree, yes, but I don't mind that. Like that's that's politics. The key is what do you say? Like what is the thing you're saying? But to if get what you're saying is so ingenuous and, and so like, you know, there's there's no it's what you're gonna say this week and then next week you're gonna say something else because you've just read a poll or you're taking the temperature and Yeah, you know, right. That's then she's as valid up there 
because she's actually talking about root causes of why we need to change government. Yeah. And so, you know, I, 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 I start off completely agreeing with you. Like, what the is she doing up there? And now I'm listening to her message and going, you know, you can put band-aids on cancer all you like. You still got cancer. Until we start to, you know, legislate in ways where we where we're able to even the playing field so that, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not in any way a proponent of Marianne Williamson. No, no, I know exactly if, what you're saying. I, I, if that's I, even I, her name. <laughs> but she's <laughs> Well, it's obviously deep fake. Uh, well, I, yeah, but Ron, it, let me tell you. She, you know, I, no, nobody would fake that. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, I, I, but, I don't. I, let me just say it real quick. I, I don't disagree. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I don't. I, there's, of course, you hear talk, and you, there's a degree of like you want to stand up and cheer. But uh, there, th and I'll say it's about Tulsi Gabbard. I think the same thing. Like, I mean, I love that we had a candidate sort of that dedicated to getting us uh, uh, speaking out against uh, pointless, endless wars in the Middle East. I don't trust her. And I know there are enough. I, I just there are enough red flags that go off to me where I I wish that that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden would embrace seventy eight percent of what Marianne Williamson is talking about and talk that way. So I on authenticity, it's true. I just think she's a amiable con man who isn't really sinister. Like not all con men are, are Trump, right? Some of them are great. They're, they're sort of fun, but they're still hustlers. And she's a hustler. So I, and I don't think it helps us. I, look, I like Marianne a lot. Uh, I'm biased. I know her, uh, and and I'm going to make a good case for her being on the debate stage in a second. But uh, uh, but I also know she's Jewish, so I was like, you know what, Marianne Williamson probably is a fake name. So I looked it up. I uh, typed in Marianne Williamson, real name. Okay, and, and it turns out it's, pig. <laughs> it's Marie. No, uh, you're never going to guess it. No, well, I mean, you know, what it's uh, Linda Feinberg. <laughs> Linda Feinberg. Moisha Greenblatt. Yeah. <laughs> Moisha Greenblatt. Marianne Deborah Williamson. Ah, uh, Deborah. <laughs> Turns out she was born Marianne Williamson. Deborah. Okay. So that is her real name. Uh, so, uh, look, uh, to. Again, I acknowledge it. I know her personally. We've gone to lunch. I've spoken at her events. That's not only do I have a perspective that I love outsiders, and she's an outsider, so I always think it's valuable to have that voice in a debate. But I might be literally biased in this case because because I know her a little bit. I know so many everybody I know who knows her likes her. Everybody, yeah, and I and I like the people who like her. And she and she's she's empowering people. I don't mean in the presidential race and what she does. Overall, and and I don't agree with all the things that she says, obviously, and it's not my style. I remember I gave a speech once at her event, and she's like, "Jank, too much warrior talk," mm. and I'm like, "I'm kind of in the warrior business, right?" <laughs> right. right. So it's not a perfect fit, etc. But but to, to the heart of the of the last debate, for example, number one, she framed slavery reparations, I think, literally better than anyone else has ever done. Now you could say it's obvious, but it wasn't obvious. Even to me, as much as she made it obvious, I don't know that I stated that very well. But when she said, "A debt is owed," right, I was like, "Boy, man, that hit me like a thunderclap!" Right. So because I've always been not that like, oh, reparations. Who cares? I'm not a right winger. Of course, I care deeply, and I get the 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 value of it, etc. Of course, I get stuck on the details, like who are we going to give it to? What percentage African American? And it could be a mess, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when she said a debt is owed, I was like, there's just no way to argue with that. And that's true. And then she started talking about 40 acres and a mule. And and we them on that. We we didn't do that either. We didn't do any goddamn thing we promised. So and then I we I'm gonna go a little astray here and then come back to Marianne and the debate. But so we did this story a couple of days ago on the show. A lady goes on a, a, a slave plantation tour in Charleston. I don't know if you guys saw this, okay? So and she does a Yelp review, and she's like, yeah, "It's a great. total bummer." You know, they kept talking about slavery, and I felt personally insulted. And what are we going to find out about the McLeod family? Right, that's the, the, the slave owners. I'm like, you you went to the slave plantation to empathize with the McLeod family? They want to know how, like, right. how did they, 
how did they you know get their uh, crop out to uh, sale? You yeah, know, out they, to market. Yeah, I know. I know. They yeah. enslaved people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, and then made them do it. Yeah. If they didn't do it, they beat them. Right, right. and yeah. then they yeah. called them lazy. Right, that's right. <laughs> after they had their work done for them. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Anyway, and so she was like, I mean, she's like, I'm cross. She literally said, and actually, the McLeod family was from a second Yelp reviewer who was just as obnoxious. But the first one was like, I'm crossing plantations, slave plantations, off my vacation list. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, how do people not get that a debt is owed, right? And how much we screwed people over? The fact that they can't see it is amazing to me. So, anyway, that outsider voice. I think is important to shake things up in, in a way that she did, whereas a lot of other people do political speak, right? But the second thing was, she, since she's not a politician, she was free to say, yeah, guys, it's corruption. When you take money from these incredibly wealthy donors and corporations, you're helping corporate rule over all of us. But goddamn right. And so it's about time somebody said it. She wasn't on the stage. I don't know that anybody would have said it. So I think that's probably yeah. what I was, you know, because yeah. she's not going anywhere. It's pretty. I mean, yeah, this is a very minor. She, point, she's not even. Right? I mean, you know, she's not even a blip on on the radar. However, she's forcing a conversation that wouldn't have been had were it not for her, you know, flipping the script and 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 coming at everything from an internal kind of like. This is where the rot is. It's not here giving people health care. It's 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 preventing the 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 need for uh uh the amount of people who get sick in this country. Yeah. That's 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 an important conversation to have. Yep. And that's a conversation that if you can figure out a way to get a credible candidate thinking and talking in that way. And, and you know, there's kind of an aspirational quality to that as well. Whereas, look, if you really want to know why you're angry, if you really want to know why you're miserable, you know, it's not because of immigrants. It's not because it's because that's right. You're getting ripped off everywhere you look because of of people's corporate earnings. All right, she can stay quarterly earnings. <laughs> Fine, Jesus. Who? Yeah. Uh, although I would like to point out that I I don't like we've had enough as a country. We've had enough conversations. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah, but, yeah. I hear you, but yeah. you know what? So, to one more to Ron's point, yeah. uh, which is uh, so Andrew Yang. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of his some of his policies. I think others are fantastic, but I'm not ready for universal basic income yet. Uh, it's this process I go through, and then at the like five years later, I'm like, nah, he was right, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, and and he doesn't want to do fifteen dollar minimum wage for other good intellectual reasons, etc. But I don't agree. Um, but I know right now as a fact that he's talking about the automation, which is super yeah, important, right. yeah, and he's yeah, ahead of, of his time. And ten years from now, people are going to be saying what Andrew Yang is saying on the debate stage today. That's right. And and, and but yet today we go, Andrew Yang, that's not going to work. No, you're right. You're We're right. We're going to realize that ten years later. You silly. I'm looking at this purely <laughs> politically, and 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 the degree to which it hurts Democrats. I was angry that Steve Bullock wasn't on the stage in the first debate. I mean, I get it; he didn't do very well in the second debate. But I I I, I, I thought higher hopes that he would do better. It's not like I don't support him. But I thought he'd do better, and I thought he'd be more active than anybody in talking about money and politics, since that is what he talks about on the stump. But then he he didn't really do that either. But I thought the same thing when Andrew Yang at the second debate. I thought you know two things: one, automation, right? It was like Jesus, that's right, of course, right? And thank goodness somebody's saying it. And yes, I think in five years or 2024. So yes, in five years we'll be talking about that uh, leading up to that election. And also, just the way he turned around the the healthcare argument and talked about it from job creators, right? To use the rights mm-hmm. term, like mm-hmm. you know what a pain in the ass it is to give everybody healthcare. It's horrible when you're starting a business. I don't want to do it. Nobody wants to do it. There's nobody who runs a business who thinks great. You know, I have to pay this guy seventy thousand dollars and another thirty thousand dollars for healthcare for his entire family. I'd rather just pay him eighty five thousand dollars and call it a day, right? Mm-hmm. Way easier, right? Mm-hmm. End of discussion. So. I, I, and and nobody else does, had done that right, and instantly that resonated. I thought he I thought he made a lot. And if you can, if you just um, take a, what they're saying, and I realize that that may be all that's necessary, but uh, or maybe it ought to be all that's necessary. But that said, I think it is. You know, it's very clear that an effort was made to give the appearance of fairness rather than what was the best decision. 
This is the thinking of Tom Perez after the criticisms from 2016 and how it was handled. Um, and the result is still a useless two hours that is annoying to you, annoying to me, doesn't really illuminate anything that caused first MSNBC and then CNN to simply try to start fights. Sometimes between, you know, I mean, that moment where like, you know, uh, Senator Gillibrand, how do you respond? And she's like, to, you know, to what? <laughs> she's <laughs> like, wait, who do you want me to punch? <laughs> who, am I, who am I supposed to punch? <laughs> they weren't talking about me, right? You know, yeah. uh, like at that, they've created a silly, and, and they've created a scenario where, as I think finally Steve Bullock oddly said today, where you got to spend $10 million to get 300 to get 300,000 people to give you a dollar. 130,000 people to give you a dollar. Yeah, 130,000 people to give you a dollar. Like that's like, well, yeah, this was not, this was not thought out. Well, so look, Steve Bullock's an enigma because he he cares about money and politics. That's great. That's my number one issue. That should be the number one issue for everybody because if you don't end the corruption, you're never going to win on any of these issues, etc. But he's anti populist, anti progressive. Non grassroots guy, but then, dude, you're stuck in the middle of the road, right? So Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and the others, they they didn't take ten million dollars to get the hundred thirty thousand people. They got it because they were populist, right? So Tom Steyer, yeah, he buys it. He gets ten million bucks, spends it, and you could find a way to on Facebook, etc., to collect the signatures. You could have gone either way. What you can't do is sit in the middle of the road and go. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the Democratic Party as it is. I kind of like the country as it is. I just like to tweak it a little bit. No, no, anybody? Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, my, I'm not. I'm not offering a defense of Steve Bullock, except that that what he says is true. Like, I got it. Yes, there are some candidates who did it legitimately, and you could argue the ones who didn't do it legitimately. Okay, let's go. Let's get off the stage and and then let's have real people and spend some more time and not say, you know, you've said global warming is the uh, climate change is the most important issue facing the country, and we're gonna face the world, and we're gonna uh, turn over a, a fiery a burning pit to our children. Um, how would you fix it? Uh, Thirty seconds. You know, like, right? I mean, it's like it's insane. The whole pro- the process is is insane, and the ratings are are not that good anyway. So we might as well create a process where there are meaningful exchanges of ideas. Take longer, take four days. I get it; the numbers will go down, but they're not that good anyway. Yeah, I thought for sure you were going to say we might as well just create a thunderdome. Oh, right, <laughs> just yeah. be done so, with it. Just be done with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to food. Sure. Food. Um, always. <laughs> so uh, I had Chinese. <laughs> uh, what thirty five minutes ago? So I'm twenty five minutes away from wanting it again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, that kind of matches the, what I wanted to say. I'm going to be here pissed again that there's no dumplings in twenty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I realized I had Brazilian for lunch. Uh, so we've talked about this in the past in old school. I've elevated he, Brazilian. He, to number one cuisine in the world. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about a wax job. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's I got a Brazilian at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still itchy. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and I realized, <coughs> oh my God, I have never, not once, had a bad Brazilian meal. So it's, I just feel like, you know, I want to solve injustices in the world. And I feel like the Brazilian cuisine is, Vastly underrated well, and and is the victim of tremendous injustice. As always, you uh, you've uh, you speak for the underdog. No, <laughs> that's right. That's he's right. gone. He's gone too far. No, like okay. like I, I like Ron's version better. Yeah, I mean, like like your second point when you calmed down from your screaming <laughs> about what did you call me? The, I'll throw you down these <laughs> flight of stairs right now. Okay, I will ruin your. Listen shit. to me, come on. <laughs> The uh, um, <laughs> can I just say I gotta interrupt when he said I will ruin your. I love that line. Yeah. Cuomo said that when he was yelling at the right wing guy. Uh, one because it's just a fun line. Period. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then secondly, it made me go to like a weird place in my head. I was like, you know who ruins my my kids? They come <laughs> knocking on the door. Baba, Baba, what are you gonna get out? I'm like, oh god, damn it! I'm just trying to read in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I get it. It took me a minute. I think the MSG is with my head. 
All right, sorry, man. Yeah, no, uh, that, uh, uh, but, but you went, no, because he's like, at the end, he's like, I think it's underrated. Has been a victim of, uh, you know, I don't know, right wing bias or East Coast bias, <laughs> one of the biases. Um, and, establishment uh, bias. Establishment bias. But then you started it with, it's the number one cuisine in the world. It's insane. It's crazy talk. Yeah, well, okay. Mm. Come at me. Come at me, bro. Come we, at me. We've had this conversation. I'll there's again. Give me, give me a typical Brazilian menu. Okay, so first of all, uh, Brazilian, what they're known for is the steaks, the endless steaks, right? right. So right. already- endless, endless steaks all of a sudden, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. Okay, but I'm gonna keep going. You know, you go to the, and I understand this might be a slightly Americanized version. I don't know, I've never been to Brazil, but if you have this in Brazil, bless you. If you don't come to America, we do it better. Uh, so. They'll bring out the, the oh, this kind of steak. Oh, that was pretty goddamn good. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? Oh, I got chicken wrapped in bacon. Oh, goddamn, that's good. <laughs> Sausage. Well, see, come on, read it. And then, so this thing's amazing. And then they put in it's a, a salad. It's a vegan's bar. dream. <laughs> well, okay, that's an issue, right? Uh, but then you go We're to in the, Hollywood, bro. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. There's not a vegan here. I Raise know, your right? hand if you're not a vegan. Okay. <laughs> see, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, uh, what, do, are you vegan or vegetarian or no? <laughs> remember, remember, call back to I have running bacon, backwards I earlier. Have bacon in my back pocket right now, just in case this conversation gets You know, slow. the Mongolians used to do that. That's where uh, the uh, uh, Mongolian beef, which I ordered earlier today from the Chinese restaurant, comes from. No, seriously, they would uh, they take the uh, meat and they'd put it under their saddles and they'd ride, and the ride and the friction is what would cook the meat. And I don't recommend it. It tastes a little musty to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds. But, uh, so I saw that at a museum for Mongolians. Um, it was a Mongolian <laughs> exhibit. I <laughs> just strictly for Mongolians. They're like, sorry, sir. Turkish. Ah, you're so close. So close. Central Asian, but didn't make it. This museum strictly for Mongolians. <laughs> so, you, you you were you saw an exhibit. A Mongolian exhibit. Where was this? I, I, ironically, I think the Reagan Museum. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah. So it's it's in, uh, the Reagan Museum, wherever it is, is Simi Valley. No, that's Nixon, right? Simi Valley. Oh, it is Simi Your Valley. Your Belinda yeah. is yeah. Nixon. Yeah, and uh, we went, and there was an exhibit on Genghis Khan, but all the Mongolians. It turns out that this, you know, whenever I go to those museums, I always think of movies. I think, like, I always try to find the movie in the exhibit, and it turns out there was this princess warrior. Who was one of the mightiest Mongol conquerors of all time? I was like, how is there not a movie about her? That's crazy that there's no movie about her. That's like Disney. Are you? Do you still exist? Let alone like an an action movie, etc. But at, at the least, right, some sort of empowerment Disney yada yada stuff, right? Amazing story, but amazing as Jesse Lee Peterson would say. Um, anyways. Mongolians, beef, Brazil. Saddle, <laughs> ass. <laughs> so, salad bars, I would say. Right. They also have salad bars in Brazilian, and they have all these, these different concoctions. I don't even know what they are. Well, I'm like, this This is a thing, it's got either chicken or fish in it. It's got eggs in it, it's got mayo in it. I don't know what else, but it is goddamn delicious. Well, I, will I almost wanna take you guys right after the show, because you'll be hungry anyway after the show. <laughs> Do they, have do they have dumplings, the Brazilians? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's the other reason. To be fair to all the other cuisines, the third reason why Brazilian wins is because. Can't even say cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> is because they cheated. So if I, I take you to a different Brazilian right. restaurant, it's like the menu is an encyclopedia back when those existed. They're like, no, oh, here's like, all the pizzas. I'm like, well, all right, you're cheating. No, but that's we, cool. we, well, the last time we, we hung out was two weeks ago. So like we saw each other, right, at your house, right? Oh, yeah, then, right. then we had Brazilian. We right. had Brazilian. Like, we ordered the Brazilian food, but I had spaghetti carbonara. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they're cheating. <laughs> right. They're brazenly cheating. It was delicious. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was fantastic, but they're not, they're not Brazilian. Food. No, no, but yeah. this is why I love America. This is what Trump misses, okay? So, oh, we, this is what he <laughs> Because for two years now, I've been wondering. Right. Yeah, you've been wondering. He seems to have it all together. <laughs> I found the one thing he's with. So, the Italians come here, which uh, under Trump, none of them would have come here because now his new standard is you have to be rich. He's like, or stand on your own two feet. That's their standard. They would have eliminated every Italian, every Irish person that ever came here, every Jew that ever came here, every Chinese person that ever came here, etc. The Irish were running from a potato famine. 
It was, it's, it, the famine is in the title, right? None of them were rich when they came here. Anyways, the Italians come here, they cook up some f their old school food. We're like, that's ah, pretty good, pretty Did good, you right? Say Italian. He yeah. said Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does every time. Hello? <laughs> Maybe my mic. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Uh, <laughs> Renegade is on the move. <laughs> so, and we're like, hey guys, nice, nice marinara sauce. How about, how about mix it up? We get little cream sauce there. They're like, we don't, we don't really do that. Right? <laughs> okay, I don't know what accent that was. You gotta yeah, go up, yeah, you gotta yeah. go up in north. Yeah. We, we're in the south. Tonight. Yeah, we, we, we don't do that. Everything is a red. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put the cream. Make it more buttery, more buttery. Yeah. Let's add bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then we got all, all That's of a sudden how you got the, the, the spaghetti carbonara. carbonara, right? Because it's an American contraption. It, originally, the Italians didn't even have cheese on their pizza, knuckleheads. Okay, we put the cheese on wait, there. Wait, wait, come on. Now, next you're gonna tell me there's no tooth fairy. <laughs> so now look, that's a little disputed, but I went to Italy and people have been telling me on the show, no, no, Jank, the Italians have the cheese and stuff. And I took a picture of pizza with no cheese. I was like, I told you, mother, no, they didn't well, have you cheese. You took a picture, that proved okay, it. Well, I, got, yeah. I got him, I got him. You could go to Stromboli in North Hollywood and find a pizza with, with no, no cheese, cheese on yeah. it. Yeah. And you could also find one with five cheeses on it and no sauce. I don't I think I'm that, just I don't mean to get upset. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the Italians I think they had cheese. No, nah, I don't think so. I really don't. <laughs> Somebody some historian should look into it. The Medici hated cheese. No, is that right? Well known for that. Anyway, uh, so we add all this stuff. Then the Brazilians come along. They're like, "Well, here we go." He's like, "The, the Italian thing's pretty good." How about if we add more butter and more cream? <laughs> <laughs> and we just steal it and put it on our Brazilian menu. We already got the steaks and that we concocted in the salad bar that everybody's dying for. We add the Italian food on top. They're <laughs> you cracked it. That's kind of what happened. It's diabolical. And you know what? God bless America. Right, mm. that, that's that's the melting pot right there. It's a literal melting land pot. Land of the cheese. The land of the cheese. Nobody thought of the cheese until. So us. a stronger argument is that the cheating Brazilian restaurants have figured it out, and they also do everything pretty well, right? No, they do everything yeah, really because well. that carbonara was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, their pizza's great. Their actual Brazilian food is great. Every part. Of, so I, I can't recommend it high enough. Uh, you know, if that's your idea of cheating, well, bravo. <laughs> right, totally. Bravo. It's nice idea. Kind of cheating so, I can get behind. Now back to uh, Epstein. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, See, we're having fun. We're I think, having fun. I think my, my watch <laughs> is a little slow. <laughs> so back to Chinese food. <laughs> Renegade is on the move. <laughs> So my wife, she she likes to have Chinese food, and I'm like, babes, we had Chinese food yesterday, and the day before. Really, we're gonna have Chinese food again? She's, you know, she made a trench. Did she cook it or is this ordered in? No, like when we're going out, right? Mm -hmm. And and she made a trenchant observation. She's like, Cenk, you know why I like to have Chinese food repeatedly? Because I'm Chinese. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> okay, nobody told me. <laughs> You've been Chinese from the get-go. <laughs> but she's like, you know how you have American food every day? That's kind of what we do with Chinese food. I was like, God damn it, that does make sense. <laughs> Which is never saw that one coming. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. And from then I from then on I haven't complained about it. But um We're complaining now. But you go to the San Gabriel Valley, right? Like so, oh, yeah, 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 you go yeah, first. Yeah. That's where. No, it's, no, we go to. Uh, you don't Chinese. go to any Chinese restaurant that doesn't serve dumplings. No, ever. you've never been to a Chinese restaurant with Wendy that doesn't serve dumplings. No, no way. Yeah. No, Wendy won't go to Americanized Chinese food. Right. She's like, I get it. It's a slightly different cuisine, and you guys have gotten used to it. But it's both. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, like, I don't know that I've ever seen her have Panda Express, right, right? or anything that we would be normally like. Old school Chinese restaurants in America, no way. You see, but authentic. But the great news about LA is they have super authentic Chinese yeah, food. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be mainly San Gabriel Valley, which is no, it's pretty LA. much China. But now on the west side of LA, there's totally authentic yeah. uh, Chinese food. LA is a great food. How town. about Chinatown? There's still some in Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatown's okay, but actually the. Like ROC is an authentic Taiwanese restaurant mm -hmm. uh, that with tons of dumplings, and then the one in the Century City Mall now is actually yeah, pretty authentic. Yeah. yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, 
So, uh, and and uh, in New York, it's funny the different place. In New York, uh, Turkish food is now authentic. My whole life growing up here, one of the reasons I want to go back to Turkey was mainly like I miss the food so much. Uh, but now in New York, you can get real Turkish food, and not yet in LA. In LA, the closest you can get to Turkish food is Armenian food. Like the Turkish restaurants, mm, I don't want to say anything, but they're not great. Go to an Armenian restaurant and get much better Turkish food in LA. I like to go to a Turkish restaurant, get the lasagna. No, that's the problem with the Turks. They didn't figure out how to cheat. They didn't steal anything. Yeah, Yeah. and not even Mongolia. Can't get into that museum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then, all right, now, uh, well, uh, last thing on food. Um, Doubt it. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I realized the other day that I had this strange thing, and I'm curious if you guys have it. I, I was driving by and I was like, God damn it, that restaurant is close to my house, and I've never been to that restaurant. And I realized what that feeling was. Do you pay any attention when you're driving? (laughs) (laughs) Largely. So um, I was like, I know what that feeling is. I feel guilty for not having gone to that restaurant. I feel like I've been unfair to it. (laughs) Have you guys ever felt that? Not not ever. (laughs) (laughs) I love Rob. If it, if it ain't on Yelp, I ain't going. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Like, like in your neighborhood, you feel like this sort of duty to stand with the place. Give at least give them a shot. The places in your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And when I don't go, and there are some, I think, well, what's wrong with me? Like that, I went, I found that one place, and I, you know, you know me. Like, well, I mean, you're, we're, it's very similar. Like, I find a place that I like, and a thing I like there, and I'm, and all I think about is. The three things I like at the one thing I like at three different places. That's my decision. Am I going to go to you know OP Cafe and get the huevos rancheros? Do they have good pancakes? I don't know. I've been there 125 times. I've never had anything except the huevos rancheros. In fact, yeah. I, I did. I broke it today. I went to the Brazilian place and I was going to get the thing, the sausage sandwich that I like. And I was like, oh no. god, the burger was have, good. Do you have pastrami? Know, I got to get the sausage. <laughs> you get the sausage. And then, oh, to be fair, you're right. The Brazilians don't have pastrami. Yeah. Oh, right now there's a Brazilian somewhere going. We can add it. <laughs> add another pace, doesn't matter. Okay, go on. That's right. <laughs> I got it, pastrami carbonara. <laughs> Brazilian. <A> Brazilian specialty, <laughs> yeah. At some point, somebody's gonna walk in and go, come on, guys. What the <laughs> f-? <laughs> Anyway, uh, but no, I broke it. I, it took me a lot of like, I thought about it for like a solid four and a half minutes. And then I was like, no, I'm getting the burger. I want to try the burger. So that's me being bold. Were you right? Yeah, it was delicious. And oh, that's why right. I wrote the note about you can't go wrong with Brazilian. Okay. Never had a bad meal. I love a happy with, with a story ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, non food. Uh, so okay. can, I, can yeah. I bring up something here? Uh, of course. You can do whatever you want. So it's a little political, but I wanted to make sure we got it in. Uh huh. Because. Do you, you, do you follow Kevin Cruz? K R U S E? Maybe, but you I don't should think so. Tonight, so should you. You probably, you must. He's the professor from Princeton who gets into the fights with Dinesh D'Souza and eviscerates him on a regular basis mm-hmm. when D'Souza misrepresents everything, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you see yesterday they were tweeting about it because it, uh, they were like, oh, I guess global warming uh, maybe isn't so real because it snowed in Australia. There's a raging wildfire in Greenland. It's winter in Australia, <laughs> um, and July and August are the coldest months, and there are parts of Australia where it snows every year. You know what they do sometimes in those places? Ski, right? Yeah. Right. So, anyway, it's, even though it's flat, yeah, right. So it's right. Super frustrating. I don't like it. Why do people make such a big fuss? <laughs> We're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, Look, I'm doing slalom. <laughs> but um. Kevin Cruz. Is everybody should follow him on Twitter? I mean, he's got a gazillion followers now, but he's just incredibly smart and and he'll go, you know, when when D'Souza will make a point that no, it's the Democratic Party that's the racist, right? And they always have been. And the other thing, show me one Republican who switched sides during segregation, and then he'll be like, all right, here we go, this again. Here's the 28 part explanation of why you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, D'Souza, of course, doesn't care, but nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So he when when the when the tapes broke from the Nixon archives about Reagan using the disparaging language about the African diplomats, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The, he revealed, uh, 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 linked to a Life magazine profile 
of Reagan, because you brought up because the Reagan Library, that's what I thought of it. Um, that the a Life magazine profile in I guess 1966 of Reagan, who was in like October, shortly before he the the election that propelled him to the governorship, where he beat Edmund Brown, who was then the sitting governor, Jerry Brown's father. And it was a very Life magazine profile. I mean, it was not like People magazine today. It was more substantive than that, but it was not. A, it was a sort of Here's your former movie star who could be the next governor of California. And it had a picture of him hugging Nancy. And then as you folded back and read pages two and three, there were a, there's a picture of Reagan in his home office. And he, Reagan pointed out, and the caption pointed out the two sort of mementos from other governors that he liked. And it was a picture of him with one governor and a picture of him with another governor. And the two governors were Ross Barnett of Mississippi and Orville Faubus of, of uh, Arkansas. And uh, Ross Barnett was the governor who tried to keep James Meredith out of the University of Mississippi, of the, mm -hmm. uh, the, who uh, integrated the University of Mississippi, the black student. And, uh, and it was shot as he walked to the university and then uh, uh, and survived. Um, Orville Faubus was the governor who tried to prevent the, uh, worked with the local leaders to keep those Central Park 7, Central Park 9, uh, 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 Little Rock 9, from uh, integrating the, the, the Little Rock schools, school district. They are two, other than George Wallace, subtle, but they are the leading segregationists of the South. And Reagan pointed those two guys out and no one else before his election in 1966. A, a clear sign of like, you know who I am, right? Yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is who I am, this is where I stand. And then there was one other photo of him walking through the gates of his ranch in Santa Barbara. Right, and saying where well, the quote is, boy, if I weren't running for governor, I really could have taken care of this place. You know, I'd fixed up this place a lot more. And what do you see in the lower right of that photo? Very clearly, uh, the black lawn jockey. Right, mm -hmm. those are the two photos. Right, two other than one of him hugging Nancy. Like, and all he was saying was like, hey, you weren't paying attention. Right, mm -hmm. like if this news about Reagan shocked you to your core, nope, this is. What he was doing back then, he was just great at it, and subtle, and amiable, and likable. Everybody met him, liked him. My dad met him and liked him. Every, you know, but there was no mistaking uh, who he was or what message he was trying to send to voters, even as far back as as running for governor in 1960. Well, I mean, he did his uh, speech uh, in '80, uh, launching right. his '80 campaign in Philadelphia, Mississippi. That's right. Yeah, it's a very small town. There's no reason you'd go there except for the fact that civil rights uh, leaders were slain there. Yeah. And uh, not leaders, three kids. Three, yeah, yeah, sorry, not leaders, activists, uh, three kids. And uh, he didn't give a speech about civil rights. He gave a speech about states' rights. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he was a son of a bitch through and through. Uh, on, and, on race, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I want to talk about nonsense uh, regarding the story you just told. But podcast guys, love you. Got to go. tyt.com slash join to get the full uh, old school episode. Uh, rated five stars, the whole spiel. Okay, bye bye. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com/slash/join.